This episode of the Global Franchise Podcast is brought to you by Neighbourly, the leader in home services franchising. Neighbourly is the world's largest home services franchisor with 29 brands and nearly 5,000 franchises, collectively serving more than 10 million customers in nine countries. With opportunities focused on repairing, maintaining and enhancing homes and businesses. Visit franchise.neighbourlybrands.com to learn more about the group's franchise opportunities. Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, your essential companion when navigating the challenges and pitfalls of franchising in 2022. I'm Kieran McLoon, editor for Global Franchise Magazine. Big box concepts will have a, have a hard time and they're losing market share. And the reason that is, is at the fa- foundational level, fitness is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And if you follow you know, a, a strong workout program, get into the gym at least three times, clean up your water, clean up your you know, uh, sleeping and hydration, you know, over the course of time, you can have big impact, um, you know, on your health and fitness. The problem, though, is the coaching and accountability. It's the discipline. And that's why, you know, boutique fitness, you know, is really strong at relationship building, really strong at community building and really strong at coaching. The fitness industry is one of franchising's most enduring, with countless brands from around the world allowing those with a passion for working out to turn their interests into a career. This is exactly the path that today's guest went down, with Bryce Henson, CEO of Fitbody Bootcamp, initially beginning his journey with the organization as one of its franchisees. Bryce still owns multiple Fitbody Bootcamp locations and runs them in conjunction with steering the future of the brand itself. We've spoken with many fitness experts in the past, but we wanted to catch up with Bryce to get a true understanding of what the fitness franchise landscape looks like moving forward this year. What are the main challenges facing its many operators? And what trends will dictate the way that consumers think and feel about their favourite gyms? Make sure to stay tuned to find out. Um, so as many people will be aware, whether they're in fitness franchising or not, you know, the the fitness industry over the last year or two, the, the pandemic period, um, really received the brunt of shutdowns and regulations um, put in place as a result of the pandemic. Many people argue unfairly, you know, a lot of blame was put on fitness um, during this time. Um, but what would you say, Bryce? to a potential investor or franchisee who is concerned about the viability of fitness franchising in 2022, um, you know, following these kind of challenges that we've had over the last year. You know, in 2020 and 21, there was a lot of lockdowns and, you know, unfortunately, you know, the the fitness industry, the restaurant, a lot of brick and mortars, um, which is really sad because as uh, time has uh, progressed and the data is there, it's just not justified. And certainly I'm based here in the States, in the, in the U.S., in Los Angeles. And, you know, depending on the jurisdiction of government, certain local governments handle them one way and, the, and you know, certainly the others. But what we're seeing actually is the data. And even I'm looking, you know, for, from the states, states like Florida and Texas, who are much more open and free versus compared to states like New York and Michigan, just giving you an example, um, which were much more, you know, harder in the lockdowns. The data actually didn't justify it as you look at the COVID cases, the fatalities, and even the spread. So that all said, uh, while it's a good question and certainly top of mind for any potential investor, uh, the reality of the situation as we're coming coming out of this, the tides are changing, uh, that there's a pent-up demand 
Um, you know, globally, uh, the obesity pandemic statistically is the biggest pandemic, according to the World Health Organization. Nearly three million people die per year because of obesity and certainly the complications. And if you look at COVID, the people that were most affected were the ones who had compromised immune system and unfortunately obese. So, you know, there is a lot of data showing that, uh, you know, shoot, health, wellness, and fitness is the way to go. And not only is there a big pent up demand, there's a big need. And I mentioned the obesity pandemic globally, but, you know, here in North America, and specifically in the States, nearly 50% of the US population, embarrassingly, and sadly to say, I should say, more, more importantly, you know, are obese. And I know in the UK and Europe, it's, it's better, but not much. So all this to say, well, we've been through a very challenging time. Um, the tides are changing. Uh, and uh, there's certainly a huge need and a pent up demand. And just giving you visibility in our franchise, we've awarded um, nearly 10 times the amount of franchise locations in 2021 than we did in 2020. Um, so we're on the right path. And I expect that to continue over 2022 and onward. Yeah, no, that's that's very, very interesting, the kind of statistics there about obesity, and it goes to show the necessity for this industry as much as it does the, you know, success of operators within the space. Um, but you specifically, Bryce, your experience with Fit Body Bootcamp is quite a uni- unique one um, in that you've seen both sides of the equation as somebody who started as a, you know, a franchisee for the brand and you still own multiple locations and now you're the CEO. What lessons would you say you kind of learned from that very unique trajectory from that hands-on interaction with the uh, the fitness concept? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say it's been pivotal and foundational for, this, for my success, the success of my locations, and also the brand as I've jumped into the CEO role uh, mid-2021. So in the grand scheme of things, freshly minted, all things considered. Um, but uh, first and foremost, I say I'm a fit body client. I get in three workouts a day at my locations. And that's incredible perspective, not only from when starting in 2012 as a fit body owner, um, but all the way to present day. And we're shooting this in early 2022. So, you know, going on 10 years without my ability to be a client in my gym, see that from a client perspective, I certainly wouldn't, you know, have the, the higher level perspective to lead our organization, our brand moving forward. So I think it's been a huge advantage. Um, I've also been able to see the evolution of, you know, not only our business, but also the industry over the last decade. And having that dual look has really, you know, benefited myself, my team, and also to brand wide. So it's been really, really instrumental. And I like to refer to it. Um, there's a gentleman named Michael, Michael Gerber, who's a best-selling author. Um, I'm sure that you and your audiences maybe listened to some of his content. And um, you know, he talks about you know some concepts of working in your business and then working on your business. And you know, there's a big uh, and a very good argument uh, for an entrepreneur to really scale and continue to you know drive massive success is to focus on the business because those are the key levers uh, in running a really smooth and successful operation. And there's a lot of value in that. But on the flip side, there's also value in working in your business, meaning having a a daily understanding, a really good understanding of all the bottlenecks, the issues, the things that come up. So you have better perspective as an, as, or I should say me as the CEO, but you know, for your audience, you have better perspective in your own business uh, because you can see the bottlenecks on the ground and then it gives you better perspective how to lead your organization high level. So both working in and on the business are crit- uh, critical and it's really been a blessing for me. And uh, I honestly wouldn't be able to you know, be in this position without both those perspectives. 
Absolutely, yeah, and that's a, a phenomenal um, level of dedication. Three workouts a day, still, when you're still, you know, CEO and managing all the very top line stuff. Well, forgive me on that. If I said three a day, I meant three a week. So forgive me. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I was I was very very impressed by that. But um, I imagine, you know, the the head of, for example, a, a QSR brand may not be advised to have three meals there a day. But I, do you think that that level of, um, you know, hands on interaction that you've had prior to becoming CEO is something that all corporate level um, individuals should kind of strive for? Do you think that that really enhances your your empathy to be able to deal with the like day-to-day challenges of a franchisee? I strongly believe that that would be the case. So absolutely. Um, that in mind, I mean, you got to take it with a grain of salt and a caveat because, you know, if you're a business leader and you're looking to grow and scale, you know, your locations or whatever franchise system, um, you, you know, there is a lot of value in working on the business because you need to be looking big picture in the cloud. So that way you can really scale your locations. So I don't want to, you know, give the false impression that you need to be working in the business day in and day out all the time, because if you do that, you're missing the mark. But I think a very strong blend of both is absolutely needed. And while from a franchisor perspective and a business and entrepreneur perspective, you have to have your eye on the vision, on the big picture, you still have to spend, I would say, anywhere from you know, 15 to 20% you know, uh, as a product of your product. So that way you can make better decisions as you know, evolution challenges, obstacles present themselves. Yeah, I think that that kind of balance is very crucial and, um, you know, something that a lot of brand uh, leaders may not really have considered. So that probably hopefully be quite an important guiding light as we move into this year. But um, when we're talking about fitness, of course, fitness franchising is uh, quite a general term for an industry that actually has quite a lot of nuance within it. You have the likes of big box franchises and boutique operations. Um, Do you think that there's a particular segment of the fitness franchising industry that will reign supreme in 2022? Or is there kind of room for all types of operations to grow and succeed within this space? Big picture, I mean, there's a big need. So as I mentioned before, the global beast new pandemic is top of mind. And certainly, you know, any business has to solve a problem. And our industry solves the problem of, you know, being lethargic and, and obese. And certainly we have a long way to go, especially as the world wealth, you know, um, you know, the last 50 to 100 years has just exploded. People are rising out of the poverty into the middle class, you know, far outside the UK or here in the States. I mean, globally. So because of that, uh, the effect is, people are getting larger, people are getting unhealthier, they're having more, you know, sedentary lifestyles. So, you know, there's a huge need. And I would really want to anchor that, you know, for all types of fitness, because the problem is so great. Um, but to answer your question, Kieran, what, what I see in the trend that will continue is big box concepts will have a, have a hard time and they're losing market share, you know, week in, uh, week out, month in, month out, year in, uh, year out. And the reason that is, is at the fa- foundational level, fitness is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And if you follow you know, a, a strong workout program, get into the gym at least three times, clean up your water, clean up your you know, uh, sleeping and hydration, you know, over the course of time, you can have big impact, um, you know, on your health and fitness. The problem though, is the coaching and accountability. It's the discipline. And that's why, you know, boutique fitness, you know, is really strong at relationship building, really strong at community building and really strong at coaching because everyone knows what you need to do at some foundational level. I mean, certainly there's more education needed, uh, but at a foundational level, most humans know that, Hey, put away the cheeseburger, the ice cream, pick up a salad, a piece of lean protein and some vegetables, but there's a Delta in actually getting your client, getting the world to do that and boutique fitness, as we've seen over the last decade, where while it's exploded, that trend will continue um, because of the relationships, because of the 
account, uh, coaching and accountability, but most importantly, Kieran, uh, because of the results that we provide. Yeah, and kind of the the flip side to um, those benefits, Bryce, what would you say are some of the, the biggest challenges facing your industry this year? I mean, we've already touched on, of course, the, you know, the ongoing lingering impacts of the pandemic on people's um, ability to go to the gyms or their readiness to. But um, what do you think are some of the other major um, roadblocks that your your industry needs to overcome this year to really thrive? You know, honestly, Kieran, I really think that is the, the big one. And certainly I'm a big fan of stoic philosophy, which really is the concept of, you know, looking at, you know, your life and your business career, like what are the things you can control? And then what are the things you cannot control? And then focusing completely on the things that you can control. So we are at a very interesting times uh, period with the, the pandemic continuing, although all signals are indicating it's getting better. So there's certainly light at the end of the tunnel. But I think, you know, even when I'm looking at our brand, uh, the states that um, have had the biggest attrition and suffrage from a business perspective, forget about actually COVID, the data behind it. It's really the the states and the local jurisdiction that have put the, the, the hardest restrictions. So, you know, typically what we've seen is, is states like, you know, New York and California who've had the hardest restrictions. Not only do they have restrictions that, in I guess, disable businesses to run at normal operations, but they put a lot of fear out and the media is certainly doing no favors, um, which on one part, I understand it's human nature. There's certainly, you know, COVID's a real thing and it's had, you know, really um, sad impact on humanity. The other side of the equation, though, if you take a step back and I'm very confident, Kieran, when we look at this over the next 15, 20, 30 years, um, in my humble opinion, just looking at the data, this is going to be a massive, massive overreaction, considering the fact of, you know, even in the last two years, of the pandemic, more people have, have died because have died because of obesity. And the vast majority of those people that are been affected by COVID have been obese or, you know, their immune systems compromised. So when you look at that from that perspective, um, you know, the biggest challenge that we're facing is, you know, government regulations, jurisdiction, and even the fear that media is putting out. Um, but that all said, uh, we've been able to, you know, uh, ride that storm. And really, you know, as we continue forward, like solution mining, focusing on what we can control is getting out in the community, spreading health and wellness and fitness, you know, for, for a franchise or perspective, really increasing your training um, and your coaching to your franchisees. And I think that's done wonders for us in the last 12 to 18 months navigating through the pandemic. And that's what's going to continue uh, to allow us and other franchisors to be successful. And um, and when we're looking at kind of the the retrospective themes that we might uh, look back on, you know, uh, during this pandemic period, um, within the fitness space, Bryce, a big uh, topic of conversation that we've spoken to previous leaders like yourself about, and is also just very buzz uh, a buzzword in the the industry, is kind of wearables and technology and its integration with this um, industry. Um, do you think that you know the introduction of the likes of technology and wearables and all this kinds of um, you know digital side of fitness for the industry will prove genuinely beneficial for consumers? Or do you think that currently brands, uh, some brands within the industry could be guilty of maybe throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks to kind of persevere throughout this period? Do you think that maybe there needs to be a bit more nuance to the ways in which brands try and enhance their fitness offering? 
Uh, Kieran, these are incredible questions. And I would actually think it's interestingly enough, both. Um, I do think on one hand, uh, you know, brands need to be more nuanced. And, you know, if you throw too much at the marketplace, I mean, you're going to get good data, but you can also very, very easily overwhelm your, your clients and consumers. But we'll touch upon that in a second. Um, the first point is, you know, there is value and certainly, you know, barring an accidental threat where we, you know, something happens where a meteor hits the earth and the magnetic field goes away, um, touch wood, while it's a probability or it's a possibility, hopefully not a very strong probability, assuming something like that doesn't happen, let's face it, technology, we're moving forward it, uh, towards it, not backwards. I mean, it's just going to continue to get you know, faster, stronger, better, certainly with the emergence of AI and things of that nature. So whether it's the brands that really embrace you know, technology are the ones who are going to have the most success. Um, so I think there's something to be said for that. And that's why here at FitBody, you know, we've developed our proprietary CRM and POS system. We just came out with an app and we're continuing to double down and really increase our technology, technological output, because that does provide, you know, better communication, better results, better accountability and visibility into our clients' fitness. So there is massive value and a strong recommendation. Uh, what's worked for us is really embracing and driving change within the technology space. So I want to start there, but going back to my initial point, um, I also think that many times brands really miss the mark and overlook the fact of what really industry they're in. And, and we talked about here and, you know, here at Fitbody Bootcamp, I represent the health, represent the health and the fitness industry, which would be true. But really, if you actually unpeel that even further, we primarily first and foremost are in the people business, are in the personal relationship industry. So while it's in, important to embrace and drive change from a technological perspective, it's also really important that the at the other side uh, of that technology, it's not a robot, it's a human who has feelings, who has connections. So, you know, balancing the need for technology, embracing and improving it, with the complete focus and understanding of what biz business that you're really in, which is the people business, the relationship business, you cannot lean on technology alone to bridge that gap. You have to focus on the people. You have to focus on the relationships in order for your organization to be successful. Yeah, that human element is something that we've spoken to a lot of leaders about recently. And it does seem that it is very easy to overlook that when you do get wrapped up in the digital side of things and introducing technology. So it's great to hear, Bryce, that that is still at the forefront of uh, you know your trajectory moving forward. Um, going back to something that we kind of opened up this episode with, um, as somebody who has been immersed in this segment uh, of franchising for over a decade, um, why do you think that fitness is a worthwhile industry to franchise within for the long term? You know, Maybe people are looking to get into the industry now or a few years from now, why do you think that fitness still has legs moving forward? Uh, well, I want to continue to go back on the need because at the end of the day, every business, successful business has to solve a problem. That's really why you're in business to begin with. In order for you to be able to extract money for value, you have to be able to solve an issue, a problem, a challenge for someone. So um, it's very clear, just like the medical field, like, you know, we're always going to need doctors. We're always going to need nurses. You know, eventually people and human anatomy gets old and deteriorates. Um, and that's the same, you know, within the fitness industry and expect Especially as the world, you know, GDP continues to rise, we all live more sedentary lifestyles, way different than a hundred, even a hundred years ago, let alone five hundred years ago. There's a huge, huge need uh, because, unfortunately, while human nature has many very positive qualities that I look to, you know, always, you know, uh, focus on them first and foremost. One quality of huge human nature is we always take the path of least resistance when really forced to it. So, you know, because wealth is rising, because 
the sedentary lifestyles are there. It means people, you know, inherently are going to take the easy street and work out less and they have everything at their fingertips. So, you know, there is a need uh, for sure that we need to combat. And then specifically kind of, you know, more of a granular perspective, the, the actual business model of reoccurring revenue of, you know, building community, having a fixed cost business is very, very attractive. And I don't want to dumb down, um, you know, the complexity of any business because any business is complex, has a lot of moving parts. But when you actually break it down, the fitness industry provides incredible value, solves a really big need uh, that has happened and will continue to happen. And also from a fundamental uh, uh, economic unit or unit of economic perspective, um, it's a basic business. You have typically speaking a fixed cost business where you have real estate, you have a team, payroll, et cetera. But as you scale with time, the profit margins actually increase over the course of time and with growth, as long as you get over that, you know, initial, um, initial fixed cost, I guess, uh, you know, hump. So all I'm trying to say here is, you know, I look at industries like, you know, straight up the technology industry or the airline industry and see how complex, you know, the industries can be. Um, when you break it down, uh, we have a much more simple business. Um, and I think from a, from, you know, uh, an opportunity as we look forward, it has a lot of legs for it. The big question mark and brands in, in the locations throughout the country and world is the big biggest differentiator. Differentiator is going to be the execution on that. So while it's a it's a basic business model, the the key differentiating factor for uh, franchises and, and brands that do well are the ones who can execute versus you know not. So yeah, no, it does certainly seem like over the past few years during the pandemic, we've seen certain industries, certain brands really vanish um, as a result of you know changing times. But fitness really has that longevity to it as you say it kind of is going to constantly be a necessity it's not something that's going to go away um someone's going to invent a magic pill and suddenly people don't need to go to the gym anymore as much as that might be uh favored by certain people um my my final question for you bryce is just looking ahead this year based off all of your experience up until this point um what would you say is your number one piece of advice uh franchising advice for franchisors either fitness or otherwise, who uh, want to really make 2022, you know, a year of success and comeback off the back of a, a couple of really tricky years? Yeah, an incredible question. And uh, I'm going to give two parts. So really the last P of parting wisdom, uh, specifically to focus on franchisors to help them grow their brands. Uh, the two-part question or answer is this. Number one, you have to understand and continue to understand the evolution of your dream client. Because again, in any business, and especially our business, um, we are solving a problem. So the person at the end of the other end of that technology is our client, is our dream client. We call av- our avatar here at Body Bootcamp. So understanding in our avatar, we call her Mrs. Jones. So understanding Mrs. Jones at a very deep level is mission critical because at the end of the day, you are solving her problem and you need to have a good understanding of her dreams or her fears or aspirations or challenges. And when you have that understanding, you're way better equipped to actually solve her problems, not only now, but as you continue with time. So having understanding of your dream client from a very deep perspective, and then secondarily from a franchisor perspective, focusing massively and completely on the profitability of your owners. Like that has to be, you know, your frontline focus um, every day, uh, day in and day out. So if you understand your dream client, like at the end of the day, from an organizational perspective, and you focus massively on the profitability and the success of your owners within your brand, um, that is the secret formula to success, not only this year, but as we continue to move forward. Yeah, I think that's a real strong one-two punch to end on there. So um, thank you very much once again for joining us, Bryce. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and hope to catch up again soon. Karen, uh, thanks so much. It was great and I appreciate you being on the show.
Despite Bryce's personal involvement with Fit Body Bootcamp, he was really keen to drive home the mantra of working on your business rather than in your business. Naturally, there's a personal balance that we all need to find with this, but it's an important distinction that can help to drive productivity and prevent burnout. Bryce also provided some great insights for franchisors looking to adapt and evolve in 2022. You can't lose sight of your end client when introducing changes and should always have the profitability of your owners in mind. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What are some of your guiding lights when navigating challenges in business? And how do you plan to make 2022 a year of growth and success? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.